0: Four, Joshua chapter four. Then we're going to flip it a little bit, and we're going to look over our Bibles to the book of Romans, Romans chapter twelve. <clears throat> this here, um, I want your honest feedback. You have to be careful when you ask for honest feedback. So I, you know, we talk about our changes with our uh, next week. You know, we have changed with our service time, so we will have a uh, nine o'clock contempor- or nine o'clock celebration service. So that will be more of with our choir, it will be our um, orchestra, it will be me wearing a suit, and then at 11, then we have Sunday school, then at 11.09 we'll have our band and we'll have a setup similar to this, and I guess I'll dress like this. So today I'm trying out to see how this works, so y'all let me know what you think. So this, uh, I guess a little bit different of a format, and you, I don't, I, I, here's the real truth uh, with that. Um, and I didn't know Roy was going to do this, but Roy asked, he says, everybody under 40 stand up. And I'm actually now 40, so I couldn't stand up. What did y'all notice? You don't have to answer it. There wasn't 10 folks, guys. Maybe 12 or 13, but did y'all notice that age demographic of our church? And one of the reasons, I tell you, not one of them, the reason we're starting this second service is to reach, uh, hopefully reach, a different age demographic. Listen, the gospel is the greatest news in the world. And we have to, I was blessed, Sherry and I were blessed to grow up in a wonderful gospel teaching church. But if we are not intentional about reaching a different age demographic, Christianity here in America, I mean, it will just slowly go downhill. You know, in other parts of the world, in Asia and in uh, southern Africa, it is exploding that Christianity is on fire. A lot of folks are getting saved. But here in our country, you, know, you don't hear a lot about revivals and about uh, folks, uh, big movements of God. And hearing about great awakenings and a lot of the, a lot of the masses coming to the Lord. So that's what, that's what our prayer is. That's what we want, is to see folks saved so that all sorts of people, even folks that didn't grow up in church, that maybe don't dress how I normally dress, they don't feel uncomfortable, so there's not barriers. One of the things we do, uh, we had um, uh, we had staff meeting on with staff meeting on Tuesday, and Chris Wright, our contemporary worship college minister, who was up here earlier, you know, he'll be leading the band and the worship team. He shared. He says he used to work at a Crossings Camp, and that's the camp that our youth and our children's ministry go to. Well, he was a camp counselor a few years ago at the one up here at Sycamore, and he says all we kept doing that the, um, the folks just kept telling us over and over again, we're removing barriers from people to hear the gospel. And in many ways, that's such a great truth because that is what we do here. We don't want someone who's unchurched, who's never been in a church service, to walk in and think, well, this, is, uh, this isn't for me. This isn't what I'm used to. I don't have the type of clothes. I don't have the a background maybe to fit in this type of service. So by having something at 1109 that maybe is geared towards a different person with a different background, ultimately the goal is to teach people and show them the gospel. So that's what I want to see here in your Bibles. Open your Bibles here. Today is, uh, tomorrow is Memorial Day. So this is our Memorial Day weekend. And here in this passage you're going to read here in Joshua chapter 4, this is going to be a passage of scripture that's reminding us about when the Israelites crossed the Jordan River and they went into the promised land for the first time as a nation of Israel. When they went in that promised land, none of these folks had been to the promised land they are going to enter. That God is the one that brought them there. And what we see here in the scriptures, the Bible tells us that the Lord told Joshua what happened is God is going to part the Jordan River so the people can walk right through, just like He parted the Red Sea. And what we're going to see here in the Scriptures is just like God told Joshua to set these 12 stones as a reminder of what I did, we also, in our lives, in the life of a church and a Christian, we need stones, we need something to remind us of what God has done. I want you to turn your Bibles here. Joshua chapter 4. We're going to read verses 1 through 9, and then in a little bit we're going to flip over, look here at the Scriptures in Romans chapter 12. After the entire nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord spoke to Joshua, Choose twelve men from the people, one man from each tribe, and command them, Take twelve stones from this place in the middle of the Jordan where the priests are standing. Carry them with you, and set them down at the place where you spend the night. Now, what's going on here? I want to give you background information. 400 years ago, God delivered his people, or it was 40 years ago. They were in slave bondage for 400 years. But for the 40 years ago, God rose up Moses, and God, through the, through the ten plagues, and through the Passover, all the Israelites who were in slavery in Egypt went through the Red Sea into the wilderness. They wandered around in the wilderness for 40 years. Now what happened in the wilderness was, that's what the, the entire books of the whole second half of Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, Numbers, we're just reading about basically when they were, the Israelites rebelled against the Lord, There were consequences, but when they followed the Lord, God blessed and and honored them. Now what happened was, at one point in the book of Numbers, the people were grumbling and griping so much towards towards God and towards Moses, saying, why did you deliver us? We have food. Things were better back in Egypt. And God finally told Moses, I'm done with these folks. None of these people... None of these folks here, except Caleb and Joshua, are going to actually get to go into the promised land. So I want you all to understand, the folks, so that means they had to die in the wilderness. One of the things that happened out in the wilderness was there was a lot of funerals. A lot of folks passed away. So what happened was, when they crossed into, after 40 years, Moses had died, only Joshua and Caleb are the two that get to go across into the promised land. Now think about this, that was 40 years. Roy asked a question, who here is under 40? Now if we could go back in time with those people crossing in the Jordan River, every single person was under 40. The only two people who weren't were Joshua and Caleb, they were over 40. So. This nation going into the promised land is a young nation. These are children. These are kids up there that means very young, very youthful. They don't know. God allowed all the folks that griped and grumbled to die in the wilderness. So now here's this group that's going to enter into the promised land. And it says here, verse 4, So Joshua summoned the twelve men. He had selected from the Israelites one man for each tribe. And he said to them, Go across the ark of the Lord your God in the middle of the Jordan. Each of you lift a stone onto his shoulder, one for each of the Israelite tribes, so that this will be a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, What do these stones mean to you? That's a very important question. That's a question we're going to answer right now. What do these stones mean to you? Church, what does this cross mean to you? What does this flag here we're going to see mean to you? That has meaning to it. These weren't just any old stones. We're going to answer that question in this message. You should tell them the water of the Jordan was cut off in front of the ark of the Lord's covenant. When it crossed the Jordan, the Jordan's water was cut off. Therefore, these stones will always be a memorial for the Israelites. The Israelites did just as Joshua commanded them. The twelve men took stones from the middle of the Jordan, one for each of the Israelite tribes, just as the Lord had told Joshua. They carried them to the camp and set them down there. Joshua also set up twelve stones in the middle of the Jordan where the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant were standing. The stones are still there today. So what that meant is they were still there when they went through. Who knows what this is? You can put it on look like that. <clears throat> the Phantom of the Opera, of all the Broadway musicals, has been, and it's only been around since 1986, is the most successful. It has had the longest running shows there in New York on Broadway. It has been incredibly successful. When someone sees a half-mask, you know that's talking about the phantom of the opera. It's a reference to that Broadway play. This is Memorial Day weekend, so when we see this flag here, do you know this is not the original flag? That, I have a picture here of the uh, original. I don't know if it comes up. Do you know in 1775, do you know that used to be our flag? That's called the old Union flag. You know, old glory there, that's what it used to look like. That was, our, that was America's very first flag. If we were alive at 1775, 1776, when the Declaration of Independence was declared, July 4th, that would have been the flag that was flying right there. Now, obviously, this is what our flag looks like. We see these symbols. You see this, and you know that represents America. That's what we are as Americans. I have a rock here now. This rock did not come from the Jordan River. It came from my backyard. But here's a rock. This here is what? A stone. The men from each tribe, they gathered up. As they entered into the, when they crossed the Jordan River, what happened was the ark, the priests were carrying this ark, and the moment that their feet touched the water, immediately, the water just started flowing backwards, and it parted on dry land that all the Israelites were able to cross into the promised land. And their first assignment was to go there and get ready to take Jericho, the first nation. There's, there's other peoples living in the promised land, and they were going there to fight and take those people. But what God wanted, this is the important part, God wanted a reminder that when you go into my land, it's not by accident. I brought you there, and you're going to take these 12 stones, from, one from the, from the Jordan, and you're going to build where we spend the first night right on the other side of the banks, you're going to build a memorial to remember what God did. This is important because this is the important principle. Why do we need these stones? Why are these stones so important? They're important is because people forget. The problem we have is people forget what God has done in their life. Do you remember when you were saved? Do you remember God teaching you as a child, do you remember the great answers to prayer? You know, our memories let us down. They fail us. And what, that's why God is saying, I want you to take these stones and you're going to set them. So then when your children see the stone, they will remember what it means. This past week, Sherry and I celebrated our 15th wedding anniversary. And um, Sherry has two wedding bands. There's a reason why I'm sure I know she's not the only one. She has her ones there that the ones she has with the diamonds on it have prongs. Well, if you put those latex gloves on it, latex gloves are the worst thing to put on your hand if you have a ring because it will rip the uh, diamond off so you don't ever wear those. so about five years ago, when sherry was nur- going to nursing, she needed a new. A new wedding band because otherwise she would be going to work because she, she couldn't wear her uh, wedding ring at work. And you know, we know what that meant. That meant some of the doctors would be, <coughs> might be looking at her. So we had to put a, a special ring on her finger so that she, uh, folks know that you're married. <coughs> so um, um, so this past Wednesday, she wore, when she goes to work, she wears her little band. So she wore it and she got home and she took it off. Uh, the, it's a, I got her about five years ago, a little band with no diamonds in it. It's the work, work wedding band. Who else here? No, somebody else here. Who else here has two wedding bands? Good. Almost as many people under 40 that we have that have two wedding bands here in our church. Well, on Wednesday for our 15th anniversary, she lost her wedding ring. Well, the new one, the band, the new ones for that. So as she took off, we couldn't find it. So for three or four days, up until yesterday, last night, we were looking for that wedding band. And what's what's the meaning of that wedding band? It's a sign that you're married. That is why it's also a sign that says, hey, I'm taken, don't talk to me. I'm not available. Well, in many ways, your wedding band serves as a reminder that I'm not available, or you shouldn't be available, and that you you shouldn't be talking to me because I'm married. So that is what we see here. The stones... The flag, a mask, they're all symbolic of something greater. But for our spiritual lives, what are our stones? And what we see here is we need to remember what has God done in my life. What are my memories of the Lord? You know, one of the things that happens, we assume when God's done something great in your life, you just assume that you're always going to remember what happened. But the problem is, we forget just like Sherry forgot where she placed her wedding band. I mean, you have, our memories fail us. They let us down. You might have forgot you were angry at someone this week, and now you've, you were flaming mad at them four days ago. Now that you can't even remember what you're mad about. Your memory lets you down. So what we want to see here from this scripture is we want to be reminded of what God has done. So look up here on the screen. Here we have three things. It's in your bulletin. If you have your little bulletin insert, pull it out. We have three things I want to see. What do the stones mean for believers? Number one, what the stones mean for us is that God brought us here. It's not an accident. The Lord brought, you here to, brought yourself here to church. God did a great work in your life so you could be here to worship Him. Someone originally invited you. Someone was praying for you. Someone was taking the steps to getting you into a place, getting you saved, so you're given your life to Christ. So that is what it means. What is your spiritual birthday? Meaning, do you remember when you were saved? We remember our anniversaries. We might remember our uh, uh, memories of our children. But do you remember your spiritual birthday? And we have, what we see one of the stones here is God has done great things in my life. He's done great things in your life. I want to remember it. So how do we do this? In a practical sense, we have, to, we have to somehow, whether it's a Bible, whether it's a scripture, whether it's a note that you write so you remember what you've done. Some of you have, maybe when you were saved, I received my first Bible our church gave them out when you graduated from children's church when you were a first grader. And in there, I wrote, this is Daniel's first Bible, and the pastor signed it. It's still, I still have it today. That's a memory that I have of my first Bible. That's a stone that we see, because otherwise we forget. Number two, what do stones mean? They remind us of our mission. God doesn't forget about us in the wilderness. Some of us, remember the Israelites, they were wandering in the in the wilderness for 40 years. Some of those folks that had been doing that, they had completely forgotten. They didn't know. All they knew were stories of Egypt and stories of Abraham. They had no idea. You had a brand new generation that had to be taught that we solely rely upon the Lord. We have to be reminded of our mission. Our mission is that Jesus saves. Our mission is one that we never forget what the gospel is. The gospel is salvation to the entire world, starting right here in Lexington. God doesn't forget about us. Number three, what do we see the stones? What do they mean? When we step, we must step into the water. What that means is stones remind us of change. One of the one things we know is that things change. An entire generation only knew of the wilderness. That's all they knew. They knew the wilderness. They had never seen the God do something great, like the parting of the Red Sea. And here he is about to part the Jordan River. Now, for Christians, we have two, God has set up two memorials for us. When you come to church, there's two things we observe. Number one, we observe baptism. Baptism is something Jesus told us to do. We do it. We're baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's part of our discipleship. If you haven't been baptized, you're living outside of God's will. God's plan and purpose for you is to be baptized. What is baptism? Baptism is we see a lost soul, we tell them about Jesus, and then they receive believer's baptism right here. That is something we do to remind us that God still saves and God is working in folks' lives. Number two, we observed this last week, is the Lord's Supper. Jesus told us in Luke twenty-two nineteen, 19, He's saying, This do in remembrance of me. God wants us to always have the Lord's Supper so we remember Him. Why is that so important? We forget. We will forget that He is the reason we're saved. The Lord's Supper, it's a picture of Jesus' body on a cross and Jesus' blood for you. So, Jesus gave us two reminders of Himself. These are His two memorials we must observe. Keep your finger, I hope you kept your finger here in, um, in Joshua chapter 4. Flip over in your Bibles to the book of Romans. Romans chapter 12, because here's, a, here's one of the great scriptures here about being a living sacrifice. It's Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. The Bible tells us that we are blessed as Christians. All nations come to God, all nations are worthy, and we worship Him in heaven. But here's, we are here, and we are also citizens of America. That's what we observe here at the, on the Lord's Supper, or here on uh, Memorial Day, I'm thinking the Lord's Supper of last week. <clears throat> but the truth is, our nation, it might not be here. Just because we're here now doesn't mean we're going to be a great nation tomorrow. So then, okay, I've made my sacrifice, I've paid my allegiance to my nation and country, but what about the Lord? What does He want? And the Scriptures answer that question. Look here. Whether you wear a uniform or not, you have a service to give to God. Just like on your little backside of your bulletin, insert, we are signing folks up. If you want to help out with next Sunday's new worship times, there's opportunities for you to serve. We're still looking for a bus driver. But I want you to look at this passage here. Romans chapter 12, because here is your sacrifice you make to God. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God... I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. You know, we call, you know, we call this the worship service. Next Sunday you come to the celebration worship service, or the contemporary worship service. But that might be worship of the Lord, but if you look here, that's not what Jesus said. It's not what Paul wrote about the Lord. True worship, our genuine worship, folks, is us giving our entire lives to God. That is true worship. He says it's holy and pleasing to God. And what he means by that, if you come here and you only give God one or two hours a week, he's demanding more. He wants more from us. So keep going here in your verse. Verse 2, last verse we're going to look at today. Do not be conformed to this age, or in some of your Bibles it says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may discern what is good, pleasing, and the perfect will of God. Do you want to know God's will for your life? Do you want a life that pleases the Lord? Do you want to to live a life that sees God as holy, He's saying here, your first thing you have to do is you're not to be conformed to this age. What that means is, or conformed to this world, that means you have to push back worldliness in your life. What is worldliness? Worldliness is any type of sin that you can be a part of here in Lexington. And next thing you know, it's creeping into your life. It could be a, um, an attitude you could develop an attitude of negativity. It could be alcoholism. It could be watching garbage on the internet. And it's just worldliness. And it's slowly coming into your life. And the Bible is telling us, if you want a true worship of the law, God, you give all that you have. It includes your finances. It includes your time. It includes your mind. A saved person, according to verse 2, has had their mind renewed. A saved person pleases the Lord. They present themselves, God, I'm giving you me. Listen, as Americans, we love our country. We're blessed and proud to be Americans. But we have a higher calling. And that is, a, that is the calling to follow Jesus Christ. That is a calling and saying, God, I'm giving you my life Is a living sacrifice. That means all of my time, my resources, my ability. Lord, it's for You. God, I'm giving myself to You. So when we look here at Joshua, and we look at these folks as they cross into the promised land, they're setting these memorial stones. And you want to say, what's my memorial stone? Lord, where, where's my rock at? We turn then to the book of Romans chapter 12. And the rock, listen to this, this is the main point. I want y'all to listen to this, folks. The rock is you. You. When you are saved, the Bible says God's Holy Spirit comes inside. You're redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, the Bible says. And from that, you give your life to Jesus. Have you surrendered your life to Jesus Christ? Do you view yourself Lord, I'm a memorial stone for you. You own me. All I have is God's. I remember one point I was lost, but now I'm saved. Last thing we see here. Memorial Day. We remember those who've fallen for our freedom. And we do that tomorrow. We remember that. Do you know Jesus? When he was in his last week there, this woman came up to him. And he was about to die. This is during Passion Week. And she came and had this real expensive jar of alabaster. This expensive perfume. And she took that jar and she poured it all over Jesus. Wiped his feet. She anointed him. And Judas Iscariot was standing there. Judas Iscariot would be somebody on the stewardship committee, finance committee of a church. And he looked at this woman, he, ran, he had the money bag, he managed the accounts, and he looked at this woman and said, Jesus, and he was mad, what a waste, what a waste. We could have used that money, we could have sold that alabaster oil and had lots of money in the, in the account here, in the money bag. He looked at what she was doing as a waste Jesus quickly spoke up and rebuked Judas and says, No, she didn't waste this at all. In fact, you will always have your money and your things, but you will not have me. And I tell you, this woman will always be remembered for what she did. Do you know in all four gospel accounts, that woman is mentioned anointing Jesus, preparing him for his his death and for his burial she was showing god this is what i have i have all i have to give you is my alabaster jar and i'm going to break it and pour it all over you she's giving what she had to the lord and you know when you when you make that decision and she was remembered for that and we we honor that lady for preparing jesus for what he was about to do when you do something for jesus and you say, Lord, I'm going, to, I'm going to become a living sacrifice. I'm going to give everything I have to you, Lord. One of the things what happens is you're going to have a Judas. You're going to have someone there to talk you out of it. You're going to have somebody there saying, no, you shouldn't do that. And Jesus is looking for ladies. And he's looking for people with 12 stones. He's looking for folks that saying, Lord, it's me. I am going to be the living sacrifice. 12 Stone Memorial, we remember that God didn't forget His promise to the 12 tribes. He didn't forget about them in the wilderness. Church, He hasn't forgot about you. Do you want Jesus in your life? Do you want to be saved? Do you want your life to be a living sacrifice? The Bible is telling us that Jesus comes and he transforms, he takes away, he removes sin, and he puts a new life inside of you. God wanted his his folks who were so young entering the promised land to be a different group that left Egypt. All the folks who left Egypt did was complain. All they did is look at the past. All they did is look at yesteryear. He had a new army of people crossing this Jordan River, going into Israel, the promised land, for the purpose of honoring and preparing to serve for him. We want to be a church. You want to be a person that says, Lord, I'm the sacrifice. I'm here giving my life for you. We're about to have our invitation here in a minute. I want to say, I talked about baptism. Baptism, the Lord's Supper. Those are the two memorials that Jesus set up for you. If you've never received baptism, I stand down front and you walk far and say, Pastor, I want to get baptized. I need to be going through these waters. I need to be identifying with my old life going down and my new life going up. We have unbaptized people in this church right now. It would be wrong. I would be doing a disservice to you if I didn't tell you the importance of following Christ in baptism. Just like it's wrong for you not to partake in the Lord's Supper. We, if Jesus set up these two memorials, we need to honor and follow them. This morning, we're going to have our invitation. It's your opportunity to respond to the gospel. I'm going to bow and pray, and then we're going to have our invitation. Lord, I pray that we never forget these memorials that we see all throughout the Old and New Testament. Lord, in the Old Testament, we see these 12 stones that were set up as the people crossed the Jordan River. Lord, we get to the New Testament. We see the woman who broke the alabaster jar and anointed your feet. And you said this will be a memorial for her. We get to the book of Romans in the early church and Paul writes that our life is a memorial to you. We're a living sacrifice. Lord, I pray this morning that if there's someone here that has never received you as Savior, They've never given their all. They've never made their life a living sacrifice. I pray they have the boldness and courage this morning here on Memorial Day weekend to make their decision public. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing at Broadway Baptist Church. I thank you for this 1145 worship hour time that we've had for so long. Lord, I pray for our direction of our church. Lord, I pray for the, the next Sunday as we kick off new service times. I pray you just, you just anoint the ministries here that it flourishes here in Lexington and beyond. Lord, we give you this invitation and pray we have the boldness to respond and walk out of our seats, our call to action, and make our lives a memorial. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. David is going to lead us in a song. Let's stand together. I'll be waiting down front for you to respond. Have you
1: been to the cross where the Lord Jesus suffered? Have you been to Calvary? Have you been? Is Christ only Christ who gives life more abundant, and He calls?
0: David Dale thank you so much for that I want to remind you this is Memorial Day weekend so that means there are no Sunday evening activities tonight we don't have our evening worship service we don't have our um uh, Awana clubs or anything like that next week on Sunday night we do have a celebration cookout so next Sunday night that's June 2nd at five o'clock uh, Bob Tanner's heading up right here. We're going to have hamburgers, hot dogs, barbecue, sausages. So uh, bring a lawn chair. We're going to have a great time They kick off the summer. It's going to be an exciting times. So go ahead and put that on your calendar for next Sunday for the celebration cookout. Also, you're about to be dismissed here. And as you leave the building, leave the sanctuary here, um, if you have a yard or if you want to use your neighbor's yard, we have signs for you. This here is a yard sign. That you, we've got, we bought a hundred of these, so as you leave, we have a couple of different guys at the different doors. You want to grab a sign and grab a stake. So you grab these, and you put them in your yard, and you uh, let folks know, hey, here are the new worship times. It's a great way to indirectly invite folks to church. You know, They'll be out there a few weeks, and it's a, a, a great invite. So before you leave right here at the Welcome Center, you make sure you grab your yard sign. All right, let's close by singing, Blessed Be the Name.